Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's going on and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Jim Mikenoff for Pelicans.com. We put a bow on our player recaps today with Billy Hernan Gomez. I would say saving the best for last. Personality-wise, I feel like that could be the case with Billy as he finishes his second season with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I'm certainly appreciative of everyone that tuned into all of these player recaps. We'll, we'll kind of recap uh, everything that went on at the end of the show and let you know what we're doing moving forward. But let's focus in on Billy Hernan Gomez, um, Jim. And I think the biggest thing for me, what stood out about him is his ability to stay ready because for him, there was really no set rotation wise. It was kind of depending on the status of Jonas, the status of Jackson Hayes, whether they want to go big, whether they went small, um, who was playing well. There were times that Billy would, would play no minutes and get a DMP CD, and there were other nights that he would start and put up big numbers. But the one consistent thing about him is he was ready to go no matter the situation. Yes, and it's been really two seasons in a row where that was the case. I mean, that was really kind of the story of the previous year as well, where especially in the second half of the year when injuries started to pile up, um, he was able to contribute a ton. I'm pretty amazed and astounded by some of the stuff that he's able to do after he's been sitting for a long time. I know people talk about how, you know, if you've been sitting just one game, if you get put in the game in the fourth quarter and you need you get an open shot, it's hard to make it because you don't have a rhythm. You've been sitting for two hours. Um, he's been sitting for two weeks in some of these cases, yep. and he goes out on the court and often looks like one of the best players on the floor. Um, I thought the game in Philadelphia where they were severely shorthanded and undermanned was maybe the best example of that. He hadn't played for more than three weeks. He played January 3rd and then didn't play again until January 25th in Philadelphia. I was going to say the name of the arena, but it changes so many times that I'd probably be wrong on what the name of the Sixers arena. Wells Fargo, maybe. Is <laughs> but, Wells Fargo Center is it? Still. Okay. It's been Wachovia Center and First Union Center. Yeah, and... It's been that same bank that has changed names <laughs> right, multiple times. Right. I guess that's probably not a bank I want to work for, if they're, but they keep, <laughs> that's another story. Um, he, he had 29 points and 10 rebounds against Joel Embiid that night after he'd been sitting so long and just kind of a side note I have three notable games mentioned for every player and in the 11 different articles that I've 
done. And that was the only one that I mentioned of all 11 players that came in a loss. I mean, mm-hmm. it was that impressive, yeah. the fact that he had um, those kind of numbers. But it's just par for the course for him. He, he's been productive in no matter what cir- circumstance you put him in. He's one of the best rebounders in the league on a per-minute basis and even more elite in offensive rebounding per minute. He was second in the NBA if you go by per 36 minutes or at any minute um, time frame. Steven Adams was the only better offensive rebounder in the entire league among players that played at least 50 games this year. So, I mean, he's just so good at playing volleyball and batting the ball up, up off the rim and getting his own misses, and he's just – He's just so crafty. I'm not really sure how he does it. It's not like he's overwhelmingly athletic. I think he even admits kind of jokes about how he's not really going to jump over anybody, but he's just got great hands and great timing and just a knack for that part of the game. I think the reason why he's able to be so successful when it comes to coming off the bench whenever his name is called, even if he hadn't played in six straight games, is just his attitude and his mentality. Um, just grateful for being in the league. We, he always talks about when he answers questions is it feels amazing or it's incredible, or I'm just grateful mm-hmm. that I have this opportunity to play. And not everyone has that same mentality. Otherwise the game would be completely different. But for him, a guy that does not get to play all the time, but he knows how talented he, he is. Um, it could be challenging. And the fact that I think his attitude kind of stands out above it all, just based on he's a great teammate, he's always joking around, he's always great with the media, Mm -hmm. and that goes a long way because team chemistry is just as important as the guys on the court. You have to give him a lot of credit for understanding the role that he is playing. I feel like across the board, no matter what team it is in the NBA, if you have a guy, you can't have, you can't even have, you know, seventh or eighth man griping about playing time. It just crushes the mentality and it ruins kind of the atmosphere. So you really can't have guys that are, you know, in the position that he was in, unfortunately, where he's the 11th man, 12th man. Those guys have to have good attitudes because um, it definitely can rub off on people good in, in a bad way. So I thought one of the things that David Griffin said on in the exit interview day was really interesting where he said that other teams at the trade deadline were calling and trying to figure out a way to obtain and acquire some of the guys that maybe weren't playing that much for the Pelicans. And David Griffin said, we had an untouchable two-way contract guy in Jose Alvarado. We had a couple other untouchable guys that maybe weren't playing that much. And then we had a third-string center, third-unit center in Billy, who also was untouchable. So it was interesting that even though I can't recall specifically at that point, early February, um, how much he was in the rotation, whether he was or not, but even if he wasn't, it would have been like heartbreaking, I think, to other players if the Pelicans had been like, well, Billy's not playing that much right now. He's not necessarily vital to what we're doing every single game, so we can afford to trade him for a second-round pick or whatever it was that they would have gotten in a deal for him. But they were insistent that, no, this guy's staying here. Everybody loves him. And um, it just kind of reminds you of the human element of the way a locker room works and just – a lot of the stuff that he adds to the the environment on a daily basis. Well, think about the impact with Josh Hart and how difficult it was to trade a guy like Josh Hart and even Nikhil um, to the Portland Trailblazers for C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. I mean, the fact that Hart and Nikhil were at the game after they got traded just shows that how difficult it was for, for Griff to get rid of anyone uh, during the trade deadline. And that's the kind of people that we talk about the culture um, but that was Billy. Billy would have been the same thing as if they, even though they, they might have 
in that time thought, okay, this is the right move for us as far as on the court and what this guy can bring. You can't replace a guy like Billy in the locker room. That's just not something that you can easily go, all right, we'll just find another guy like Billy to plug in there and we should be fine. And I think the fans saw that. I think that there were a lot of reasons why this team was really popular and became something that the city and the region embraced at the end of the year and during the playoffs. But I think on that list somewhere was just the fact that people could sense that these guys got along really well and that they had great attitudes. There was a couple times where Billy was doing an interview and Brandon Ingram would run up behind him and yell something into the camera about, this is my man from Spain. And then vice versa that Billy would do the same thing for BI. So people, people could really see that. I mean, whether it was in the interviews, just the kind of usually mundane interviews that every NBA team does that were a lot more fun, I think here than they were in a lot of places across the league where some of these places, as I've kind of half jokingly said, became like an interrogation in in some Mm. cities in terms of the players just being like miserable every day when they had to talk to the media. Whereas here it was completely the opposite of that and guys had so much fun. And um, so I think that was, that was an element of why people really wanted to see this group do well because they saw how well they got along together. Let's go to the Twitter poll question for the very last time during our player recaps. This is sad. Yeah, it is very sad. You can follow (laughs) Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore. I can offer lucky for us that we get to see each other after this podcast. (laughs) Um, For those listening, stay tuned in a few minutes. We'll talk about what's next as far as our podcast is concerned. Again, Jim underscore Eichenhofer, what was the Twitter poll question for Billy and Gomez? Yes, you know, kind of along the lines of what we just talked about, it was interesting because the question was, what do you think was the most valuable contribution made by Billy this season? And I actually, um, the, the the options that I gave in the poll were pretty much all basketball-related, um, but people's responses were actually much more off the court than they were specific to what he did between the lines. So anyways, going back to the poll itself, the his reliability was the was the winner of the poll. That got 66% of the votes. His rebounding was 29% and his scoring was the other 6%. Um in terms of the comments though, as I said, it wasn't really on-court production that caught people's attention for what he did this year. From at Sabe376 his ability to act as a catalyst to bring the group together. People talk about glue guys on the court. My perception was Billy was the glue guy off the court even before CJ arrived. You talked about how much fans notice that stuff because that's something that's hard to pick out if you're not really in tuned with the team. Um, to say that, oh, Billy was a glue guy, a third-string center, your glue guy off the off the bench or in the locker room, again, that just says a lot about what Billy means to this team. Yeah, and I think, you know... I don't want to go overboard with acting like, you know, the, the lives of NBA players are super right. stressful and brutal. And I mean, we, we all would love to be in their shoes, but I do think that there are things that come up during the season, adversity wise, stress, wise, stress wise, um, you're going through losing streaks. You got off to a bad start that it is important to have guys that are positive in the locker room around you. So, and guys that have been in the league for a few years, like he has that you can kind of lean on, and I mean, it, it's hard to put a, a price on a number on the guy comes in every day with a smile, regardless of the t- situation that the team is in. So I think that that does really um, add quite a bit. So um, the last couple and these I'll just read off the tweets and instead of the names, these are all in the article. So if you want to see your name in the you can go to the website and nah, see that making them click on it. I love it. Jim. <laughs> but um, 
all these these last three are really all along the same lines. First one is his joy that he brought to his teammates. Second was vibes, and the third was option four, which I didn't include an option four, which was my bad, <laughs> and that was um, mor- morale booster. So those are the uh, those are the comments. Well, I think that kind of sums up how Billy Hernan Gomez was for this team and how valuable he was, um, no matter what the situation was, whether he was off coming off the bench or or starting for this team. So um, another uh, great year for Billy, um, and and one that you know, of course, his teammates really value him as someone that can be a contributor on in off the court. Jim, these are fun. I know, um, you know, in, in certain years, he, these are kind of tough to do based on how this team has done, but this team. Um, with so many new faces, it certainly was fun. And and just props to you and Aaron Summers for the video and the written work that you were able to put on these. And um, I look forward to doing them next year. Definitely. I mean, this was this was fun. It was a heck of a lot more fun than last year was for sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I look forward to this. It was it was enjoyable doing all of these podcasts. Um, happy to to be able to uh, deliver on these every year. Um, but also happy now to kind of turn the page and look forward to the draft and the off season. I feel like there's going to be a lot of excitement for not just the draft, but also summer league and going forward. I don't know necessarily if it's going to be a hugely active free agency period, but as we've talked about numerous times the last couple of weeks, I think that's a good thing because it shows that, you know, there's a lot of guys under contract. There's a lot of people that the organization players at the organization is really happy and confident about in terms of the foundation going forward. So um, I look forward to these next couple months and can't wait until we get to next fall. All right. So as Jim mentioned, the NBA draft, it's the next thing that we will cover the day before the draft. We'll have an NBA draft podcast preview here, and then we'll take another little break leading up to training camp. So big thanks to Jim for helping me out with these. Again, log on the pelicans.com or the Pelicans mobile app to read and watch the player recaps with Jim and Aaron Summers until the draft. I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Memorial Day holiday. And thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.